What's up, Legends? On this episode of the podcast, I sat down with my very good friends, Renee Wallace and Dale King, the co-owners of Doc Spartan. Doc Spartan is a veteran-owned, Portsmouth-made small business. Their amazing 100% natural, handmade skincare and grooming products landed them a spot on the national television show Shark Tank, only a year after starting the business in Renee's kitchen. What you'll learn from here is a significant amount of hard work and risk that they took on to get where they're at today, and the power of surrounding yourself with a community of people striving for excellence. And of course, every episode of this has been made possible by Glockner Enterprises. They're a huge part of the good things that are happening here in Portsmouth. So when you or anyone you know is ready to make a vehicle purchase, make sure to visit glockner.com to get started. Please welcome Doc Spartan. Bernard Glockner died in 1876. It is to recall that the funeral cortege was the largest ever seen in the city. This is the Local Legends Podcast. We're live on the Local Legends Podcast. This is episode 22. Please welcome the lovely people behind Doc Spartan, my good friends Renee Wallace and Dale King. Hello, thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. Uh, for anyone living under a rock that doesn't know who Doc Spartan is at this point, can you give us the Wikipedia page summary? We are a uh, <laughs> we're uh, a Portsmouth-made company. Mm. So 2015, we came together. A year later, we were blessed with the opportunity to uh, to go film an episode for Shark Tank. 2017, our episode aired. And then um, we've been enjoying the ride ever since then. So we are, uh, we're, you know, the main thing about us is we're, we're a small town company and um, we, uh, we enjoy being here. Mm. Can you guys be- like even believe you made it this far? No, because we weren't <laughs> even trying to make it anywhere when we started it. Um, just started with one product that we were going to sell to the gym members and it literally started almost like this identical setup here mm. minus one person so it was renee and i in my kitchen and we we had a piece of paper and we scratched out like scratched out the idea and then who was going to do what responsibility and then that was our like operating agreement right from the rip Mm. So it was 2015. Yeah, and you were like you were initially making all natural products. Why did you start doing that? Well, I was just really into essential oils and making stuff, and I was selling it to people in town, and it was really popular with girls at the gym. And so I was like, Dale, why don't you let me sell this at the gym? Because I was like bringing it in at the front. Do you remember that? But at this the front was counter? the. This was not like. Call it the gym is a very loose term. Oh, yeah, term. we didn't even, ha- you, you a, didn't even really have a storefront. Like, there was yeah. nothing. Yeah. It was the old warehouse, so. Yeah. And I was just, like, taking orders and, it like, piling it up, like, on, like, a bench for people to pick up. And then Dale was like, or so I asked Dale if I could start selling it there instead of just, like, bringing it there for people to pick up. And because like, was the initial response, like, this stuff's awesome? Yeah, or? yeah. And really, it was Tia that was the first one before I started selling it. I had made something for her as a Christmas gift, and she's like, Renee, you need to sell this. It was our body scrub, the chick scrub now. Mm. Um, 
I was like, well, okay. No label. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, probably handwritten. In, like, a lunch bag. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, Ziploc bags. Yeah, with a bow on it. (laughs) Um, And Dale was like, yeah, that's cool. You can sell stuff here, but, like. Like, farmer's market style. Yeah, Mm. totally, yeah. But he's like, you need to come up with something gym-related. So that night, he, he went home, and you were, like, researching, and the next day. Yeah, so we, uh. I had co-founded a nonprofit um, called Team Something Silly Required, and that's men and women who are missing an arm or a leg uh, or a combination thereof who still compete in fitness-based sports. Mm. So my an army buddy of mine, <clears throat> Derek Carver, like we we got that up and running, and from my experience with that, so just imagine uh, you know a guy missing a leg who likes to run five Ks. So where that limb fits into his prosthetic is a lot of repeated, like every, imagine how many steps you take in a 5K. Mm. Okay, so you're rubbing that residual limb inside of a socket. And so they get pretty gnarly wounds and rashes. Yeah. Um, So that was in my mind. And then, you know, inside of a CrossFit gym, you're, you're always ripping a hand or busting your shins. And so she, you know, was already doing the natural creams and lotions and i was like we should try like a first aid route like i i know for sure there's a market for that Mm. um and then that was like in my kitchen complete pen and paper scratched it out and she like came back and then they had like four or five samples like those little tiny yeah little cups and we smelled them yeah we smelled and that, and that was the that's the why st- you picked it yeah. off of like the scent basically so we, pi- we picked it off the scent and then from the scent like we just pushed it to all the members of PSKC mm. like hey try it out let us know what you think does it work does it not work and uh, there ended up being more bar muscle ups in the workout than ever <laughs> right. yeah. surprisingly it was all toes bar pull up chest bar yeah um, and then like we were getting stuff all the way from, I used it for my kid's diaper rash mm. to like, uh, cut on my hand to like weird, crazy poison ivy, chigger bites. And we didn't even know it would fit that, uh, void. So we're like, well, we, you know, I think we have something here. Mm. And so like, what did it look like for you guys to decide, Hey, we're going to go for it. We're we're going to like, try to push this, market it, package it. What were the first steps there? Well, I mean, it was all like, I'm going to ride Renee's coattails. Like, (laughs) seriously, like she was, first of all, I don't, there wasn't that answer. It was like, oh, this is cool. It works. Hmm. So, Renee, in your kitchen, go Mac, go whip up a batch. Well, we were just selling it at the gym, and Dale had made a post on social media, which were we getting online? We weren't getting online orders before that. There was no online. Yeah, there was no yeah. online. Yeah. So, Sornex. Uh, Sornex, yep. Yeah. Uh, what's the... Gu- Bert, well, Bert is dad. the current president, but uh, Pops. Pops. Mm. Pops is the uh, founder. Yeah, the founder of Sornex. So, um, so we went to Summerstrong, and Pops was like, so if you if you're a strength historian, which I don't know how many listeners are, but like, <laughs> uh, Pops Soren created a company called Sorenex. Yeah, you can find Sorenex equipment in NFL, 
NBA, MLB, and a lot of Power Five conference mm. um, rooms. He started that company, like literally welding, forging the stuff in his garage because he was a PE teacher. Yeah. As a way to help promote his strength equipment, he became the world's strongest grip dude. So, like, doing crazy grip strength challenges and the whole thing. And doing that, you'll bust your hands up fairly significantly. And so, he, like, a friend of a friend of a friend, Pops. So, Pops was 60-some at the time. Like, yeah. maybe not the best practitioner of Facebook. Like, who, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like your parents, like, well, well Dad, you can't. At and comment and send them. <laughs> send them. So you have to like. So pops was just all over it, and he asked that we send them some. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sent we Renee made a bunch, send them down there, and then like we we handwritten a letter to pops. So pop at this point Sornex is. I mean I don't want I don't know what their P and L is, but they're a multi 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 millionaire company. Mm. And uh, he immediately called us. He called us, which is like huge. Like I'm like, you had never talked to him ne- before that. Like, uh, I, I met him the year before. That's okay. how their relationship was built through Team SAR. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So we went to. They have an annual conference, and we went down there and we spoke at his conference, and that was the first relationship. And so from that, he kind of knew us and trusted us a little bit. But what sold the deal was, he's like, I haven't received a handwritten letter in 20 years. Mm. He goes, and I saved it, and it's hanging on my wall. Wow. And uh, so Pops was like, he goes, so it was a handwritten letter, but more importantly, it was a product. He was like, this stuff works better than anything I've ever used on my hands at all. He goes, I don't know if you guys know what you're doing, but like, you have a legitimate product here. Mm. That's fantastic. So just off the energy that you got from him, you guys decided that you were going to go for it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as far as like the initial product design and like uh, the graphics and everything, like where did the Doc Spartan logo like get its look? Uh, th- through, va- <laughs> through various test groups and research. Uh, <laughs> It was a lot of A-B testing. Yeah, we don't want to get into logistics. Yeah, yeah. Email and Sarah standing well, around the Sarah, Sarah designed the initial logo, and the name came from, well, the name comes from Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. So Portsmouth Spartans, we all know, original NFL team. That's how the gym got their name. Mm. So Portsmouth Spartan Kettlebell Club. And then, so this was my second business, and I was like, I want to keep the Spartan name throughout. Yeah. So what, how can we, it's a first aid ointment is the product. How can the name was Spartan be involved? And it was like in the mil in the military, your medic is called a doc. I was like, doc Spartan. Like that's all, like, that's it. So then we had, our first logo was kind of janky. Like it was very, not janky in that it wasn't professional. It was just like, didn't really fit, uh-huh. but it was a half skull. It was the gym's half skull with a mask, half mask on it, and then cross barbells Mm -hmm. sticking out the side, which made it, like, 
incredibly huge and like it was hard to size and everything yeah yeah well we at the time too we had no idea that it would be so popular in other areas other than crossfit too so we were trying Mm. to keep like the crossfit actually the name was doc spartan grip aid oh i totally forgot about that yeah (laughs) Yeah. The initial name before Combat Ready Ointment mm-hmm. was Doc Spartan Grip Aid. Because you thought, like, this is the product. The, like, that, that's what we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. Yeah. Like, if you do a bunch of pull-ups, which who the hell's doing a bunch of pull-ups that rips their hands? Yeah. Like, this Grip Aid. You need Grip Aid. For the point oh 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 one percent of the population that needs this. Grip aid is what you need. Yeah, yeah. That that's a funny point, and especially like you guys ended up uh, developing that new skull that was like a full skull with the mask and everything like that. Yeah. The funniest thing about like the Shark Take or what I got because I'm I, you know I'm, I'm a designer, so that's like what I'm looking at the whole time. But the Shark Tank episode you guys were on, one of the interesting parts was that like. One of the investors, I can't remember which one, but she initially she yeah. immediately <laughs> criticized the design. She yeah. was like, I, "I'm paraphrasing, of course," but she said, "Like I, I remember saying the skull's scary looking, and I'm not sure it's going to appeal to potential customers and yeah. hit you with the I'm out." Yeah. And like the camera yeah. zooms yeah. into both of your faces dramatically, like, "Oh, we just lost another one," you know. But now you have like one of the most unique and recognizable brand designs in the whole like all natural product market so um you know you talked about where it came from but where do you think that like american punk rock like modern viking kind of aesthetic came from i mean that's just the general feel that we have it is the feel um so we had we were trying to develop so we're transitioning from grip aid to more of a cool kind of thing and like we wanted to stand out Mm. and uh so i have i have another designer friend eric and he had an artist was like dude like i thought i was getting scammed because he's like if you pay me a couple extra hundred bucks this guy will come up with something yeah i was like man i don't know like anyway so we did it and he came back with the half skull, half face. And I was like, "Bro, that's that. That's it." So, but like, of course, that's it for me. But like, I'm having to deal with Renee too, so it has to fit. The was kind that of, not it for you? Yeah, Renee? I think at the time I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I trust your judgment." And, and a couple things were happening too. Is like, so we had Grip Aid, and we were focusing on the fitness market. Well. We started hashtagging on Instagram, and then you know I have I'm very fortunate to have a lot of buddies in the uh, retail commerce space, and they were coaching me through like I didn't even know what a hashtag was, what it was for, but um, they're like, dude, like listen, your product's great, but like people also want to support a veteran-owned company. Mm. So we started hashtagging veteran-owned, and we we started getting more feedback from the veteran owned than the actual product. Yeah. So the skull with the doctor's mask was a natural fit to our market. And that's what was like the overriding decision. It was like, it's time to go for that. But before we went on the show, I don't know if you remember this, like she knows I'm very emotionally attached to things. And like, she's like, well, 
What if it comes down to the skull? Like, yeah. Do you remember this discussion? Yeah, vaguely. I can't, like, specifically, but... She's like, what if they tell you the skull has to go? <laughs> That's exactly what they told you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, they're well, like... What did you say, though? Did you I was say like, hell no? I'm like, I don't give a shit about the skull. Like, if oh. it's got to go, <laughs> it goes. Because oh, yeah, like, yeah. I would have guessed that you would have been like, we're not changing it. For... If, the skull, if, if they're like, we won't give you a deal, but you got to change the skull, I'm like, I don't care about the skull. Like, it, it can go. Yeah, but, but what ended up happening was Lori was like, well, it was a domino. It was Mark was out, Damon was out, Lori was out, Mister Wonderful was out, and we're like, oh. Well, and Damon was the first one out, and that was pretty like devastating to me because I thought he would be the one that was most interested because yeah, he owns yeah. gyms. CrossFit gyms. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's who we were targeting initially. Hmm. Um, well, you know, and I went to the show, I'm like, it's going to be a matter of who I'm going to tell no. Yeah, like, no. of course. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to have to figure it because they're all going to come and invest. Like, That's funny. I'm like, we're going to have to just figure out who's going to say no. Yeah. And then it's like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like, oh. And but then, go ahead. I, I feel like most entrepreneurs, especially when they're new in the space or trying to start a new venture, they're like trying to appeal to everyone. That's usually the problem. You guys yeah. can have the exact uh, opposite dilemma or direction, if you want to call it that, where um, you were like, your, your branding was really niche. You know what I mean? You were, you, you were fixing a very specific problem for the gym and then trying to, trying to scale it up, which is, I think, a scary thing for a lot of people to do, to like uh, do what you did to the other investors, you know, but you get to the last investor. And yeah. Go, and he was like, Robert comes out of the gate and he's like, uh, I love the logo. Mm. He's like, if I was in a store and I saw that logo, that would be the one I want to get. And I'm like, that's my dude. Like, that's <laughs> who, like, that's who we're trying to talk to. Like, yeah. uh, and, and rightfully so, like Lori is an amazing, uh, entrepreneur and investor, but it didn't speak to her. Mm. And I can't. Renee has a better opportunity of speaking to Lori than I do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a skull with a mask on called Doc Spartan is not like it, it's not going to speak to that, but it's going to speak to a an active younger investor like Robert is, who understood it. And uh, it was funny. It was like because we we all the discussion was. Do we take before we go on the show? That's what it was. Do we take the skull off before we go on the show? Mm-hmm. That's really oh yeah. yeah remember I that totally now? Like for, it's yeah, so it's hard, it's hard to had, recall like, this. What? It, how about this? Why didn't you? Especially if like it wasn't your thing, Renee. Like I, I mean, I just I don't remember why we decided not to, but I think what it was is like I we collectively brought it up like. Because you have to, they ask for uh, product demos for you to go out there, and we talked like, is now is now the time to take the skull off? Like, is do we do it now? Yeah. And I was like, no, like we're not gonna do it now. But if they ask if it's a sticking point, then we'll just be like, dude, take the skull off. Yeah. But like, we're gonna take this one shot with the skull on there to, mm-hmm. to try to do it. Well, in in the past four years, working with Dale, the biggest thing that I've learned and I learned early on was 
I really do trust his judgment. He has an eye for just like things that I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, we're not going to do that. Like what? He yeah. just has an eye for knowing what's going to like capture attention. Mm. So, well, thank you for saying that. But like, <laughs> You only remember the hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, no. yeah. There has <laughs> been, been like, some, yeah. Been, like, but... I've been so hype about stuff that I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be way, like, this is it. This is our path, like, boom. And it's just like. <laughs> yeah, but you've been more right than wrong. But what I really want to point out in that scenario and what happened was, like, you guys had this really experienced investor that has, like, but multiple investors that have six figures, seven figures to pour into you, and they didn't end up being right as far as like the fact that they're they're you know what I mean you you appealed to one guy and you found your niche like that mm-hmm. product market fit worked so you get all this negative feedback but it didn't end up mattering at all I feel like especially when you're new to the entrepreneurship game uh, it's it's easy to just like. Uh, get beaten down by the the negative right oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well or like the world yeah mm-hmm. like it ain't been easy for business owners the last six months no yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and like remember what a stink my mother made about us calling the badass chick scrub badass yeah <laughs> and like that's what sells it now so you just you got to go on your gut. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And not to mention that, like, everyone is now putting masks on their logos. Do you realize that's a well, thing? Well, yeah. That, yeah. Has anyone, like, said or commented thinking that you guys had done that? Like, put a mask on the well, spot I after mean, the fact? Yeah, the only thing was, like, when when the mask mandate came out there, it was like, our logo is perfect for a mask. Yeah. And then... uh so the guy that originally script like designed it was like, uh, "Here's a sweet mask I came up with for you guys," and, and, and it, it's funny to see it come, come full circle. Sure, yeah, sure. Ready, and then you know I'm also in love with the fact that the product looks so punk rock, but the product itself is so clean and natural and like mm-hmm. suitable for even ultra sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. Like I, again, there's something polarizing about it that I think really works. Um, how do you like approach creating a new product to, uh, the, as far as the physical product and the ingredients you put into it? Um, well, I mean, it started with just, you know, obviously trying different, different, trying different things to see what works best, but knowing what essential oils work best for certain things. Like when we came out with the first aid ointment, I knew ahead of time, you know, there's actually like a thousand different essential oils out there but just knowing what's going to work best for healing mm. works for that and then like with the the ladies skincare products knowing what's going to work best for all uh for anti-aging and moisturizing and different things like that so i mean just we we've tried to stick to keeping everything as natural as possible it'd be a lot easier to add other other things in like for example our scrubs melt when we ship them because and it's such a headache because <laughs> it's coconut oil and coconut oil gets hard when it's cold and it gets melt like melts liquid. when it's I got you. hot so in the summertime everyone gets their skincare products melted half the time and if you don't know what coconut what how coconut oil reacts they to think temperature, it's like, they're like something's wrong yeah. 
So there's things that we could add into it to keep it from doing that, but we're just trying to keep it as all natural as possible. Mm. Keep it simple. Dale's been being very polite, not cracking his beer when you're talking. So let's do that <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Ah, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the coconut oil dilemma might feed perfectly into the into the next topic here. The FAQ page on Doc Spartan, my, my favorite page, might I add. So, uh-huh. uh, it says, we've made damn near every mistake you can make when it comes to operating a small business. So I, I'd love to get into some of the horror stories here. <laughs> Dude, how long is your tape going to roll? <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's so important to just get into like the learning moments that have gotten you to the point you're at. Well, the first one I can think of was the very first time we got a large order for oh. a subscription box. Mm. I had taken the product to a store, which I will not name for them to box up for us. And it was not boxed properly. And we lost like... Was it like a thousand deodorants? It was almost the profit of the order. Totally. The box busted out during shipment. And at that time, we were so early. I was still making product, but Kim had started working for us too. But So Kim and I had to like remake a thousand deodorants. Dale and all the coaches at the gym were sitting in his office. I don't know why you guys were in your office. Labeling. He was so ticked at me, <laughs> and but now we know like not to trust anyone other than ourselves <laughs> when it comes to shipping products. Like you make I sure it's freaking packaged properly. Mm. Yeah, that was a that was a, that was a big, big one. Thing. But like um, we've had this discussion several times. It's like I don't have a business degree. Yeah, she doesn't have a business degree. So like, how much does a four-year business degree cost? Five. Forty, fifty thousand dollars. Mm. So every time we do that, it's like, oh, tuition cost. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a like that's a tuition cost right there. Uh, that order that we screwed, like we didn't. Fortunately, we didn't lose money, but we didn't make any money. Um, but we learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tuition cost. Um, and we wouldn't have known otherwise if known. that hadn't happened. Or like what it happens like now we're fortunately getting orders three to four times that on a month mm. and how much would that have costed us down yeah. the road so luckily it happened when it did and not later on when we had bigger orders what about um i mean the experience I, i'm just asking because i don't know what the after effect of this was but when uh one of, one of the most memorable moments in portsmouth for me was when everyone was at uh the hotel watching for the viewing party you know what i mean so it it was just so cool everyone was like that is the most legitimately excited i've seen that many people around a small (laughs) business in portsmouth you know what i mean everyone is in the room and and really like because it came down to the very last investor until someone said anything positive everyone was like you know you can hear a needle drop in the room um but then you turned on, I don't know if it was Google Analytics or it was your Shopify account. Was that what it was that you were Both. showing up on Shopify, the screen? Shopify, yeah. Okay, you showed the Shopify account and like all the orders pouring in. Huge moment of excitement. Everyone's screaming yeah. about like watching the numbers go up so fast. But did you have like a, a well, now we have to fulfill all of these moment. So 
I always think it's going to be way better than everything is going to be. Like, I'm yeah. the super optimistic, positive dude. Like, uh, And I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's going to order anything. <laughs> so, what? I think what a lot of people, they just see the show and they see any success. Yeah. For us, it was, we filmed in June. June 2016. June 2016 literally a year after being open we didn't air until february 17 mm. okay so i forgot a, it was that long of a wait eight yeah. month gap right so to which we did not know that whole time when it was going to air mm. so we shot in june not knowing when so that they and rightfully so shark tank contractually like you can't say anything um which i'll say now but <laughs> Your like your investor is not gonna sign your deal until they get a firm air date, mm. and I'm not complaining about that. Like that's a smart thing. Yeah. The only reason Robert is gonna invest in us it, with us if we air on TV. You know what I mean? Like makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. how much would you pay for a commercial, a uh, seven minute commercial in front of six million people? Oh man, yeah. Like it's a lot, right? So he's not gonna sign that deal until it airs. So you don't get a, then they'll tell you we contractually were obligated to tell you two weeks before you air, <laughs> right? That's insane. Yeah, you can't scale a business up in two weeks to get in front of six million people. No. So what do you do? Risk. Yeah. So and we ha we have no investment from Robert for seven months. I'll say I can't honestly can't remember. Okay, but I'm bet we're betting it's gonna go. Yeah, but what happens if a national like so? What happens? I'll take it all the way down. We get our air date. What happens if on the Friday that we're gonna air, there's a national news emergency and they black out the news to show they black out TV channels just to show the news. Yeah, you're out. So you guys were having like nightmares about that. <laughs> So we we had to do we had to break the number one rule, and go get a loan from a friend. Mm. <laughs> like never get a loan from a friend. Like, <laughs> ever, bad luck. Like, Especially if you don't know if you can pay it back. If you don't know if you can pay it back, like if you ask anyone, hey, let me ask you real real talk. Like, should we get a loan from a friend? Like. <laughs> No one's gonna be like, yes, dude. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think right. you should get a loan from a friend. That so, what? What's your guarantee you're gonna pay it back? Oh, bro, I got no collateral. <laughs> right. And like, can you say how much we got a loan for? We got a loan for seventy grand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We got a loan for seventy grand on a hope this would air, mm. which we were not told it was going to. I've never heard this. That's no, crazy. Yeah. Well, this, no one knows this. Yeah. Right? This is the, the what you don't talk about kind of thing. Yeah. So why do we need the loan? The lo We didn't go on Shark Tank to get money. We went on Shark Tank to get publicity. advertisement and publicity. Of course. Okay. Because that's a really good way you put it too. Like content is a seven minute commercial. Mm -hmm. I mean, in front of six million people. Yeah. Primetime TV. Um, Which you didn't pay for. Exactly. Like, mm -hmm. Right, and we were the only segment on that episode who got a home feature, which is an additional two minutes mm. for that. Um, so we get a seventy grand loan. Why seventy grand? Because we needed that money 
to build up inventory. Mm. Why? I don't know. Hopefully, we can sell that much. Yeah. And had Renee. <laughs> but you have no idea. No. Yeah, yeah. Because do they show you what it's what's going to air? No. You're in front of there for 50, we were there for 45, 50 minutes in front of the Sharks, which gets whittled down to five. Yeah. And they can make you look like a hero or a zero. Sure. Like that. And, and Well, and we had talked to other Shark Tank companies, too, to try to, like, estimate, like, how much did you sell the, you know, the week after your show aired, but, like... Everyone has different products. Like, there's no way to, like... Products, price points, yeah. subscription model. Like, like mm. so you don't know that. And so it's like, well, hey, bro, like, can we get that 70K loan? <laughs> and I, I swear to you, if we hit it, I'll pay you back. That was it. Like, that That was basically the collateral. was like, I, do, I promise you, like... <laughs> I'll do everything I can to pay it back when the yeah. episode airs. Hey, Dale, do you know when it's going to air? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do can't remember th- when did we get it. Like, how was it? A couple months before? I, I can't think remember so. When we got it. I think so. So, how do you ask a question like that? Like, over a beer? Or do you like. <laughs> well, luckily, you have a good friend who yeah. is a good friend. <laughs> it's really. And that good friend came from the gym. Yeah. And, that, you know, it's like. I'm making it sound more like a risk, but like the most important currency you can have is your reputation. Mm. Because if that's dodgy or shoddy, like no one's going to buy from you, invest in you, anything. Um, So so, light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) We paid it back. (laughs) The show aired Friday night and by Sunday night we had made enough to pay the loan back. Yeah. Wow. And so we, Dale, you sent a group text message, right? To yeah, and, and, and like to your point earlier, like so we had the party. So lesson learned from the party: two drinks only. <laughs> <laughs> Do not go open tab. You guys were getting it. You were nervous, yeah. <laughs> like, do not go. We could have probably paid the loan back in, in one day if we hadn't had the open. Did you guys have an open tab? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did. We sure did. So that's a lesson learned. Just like, that's awesome. We got your first two drinks. Other than yeah, that, it's, yeah. it's on your own. Um, but yeah, so those orders were like phones blowing up. Do you, do you remember the number like that happened by midnight or whatever, or like when you walked in the next morning to fulfill? I I do you remember? Well, I mean, if we did, I think where we were at by like a. 100 by Sunday. I mean, we were halfway. I mean, probably 50,000 by. I, I want to say I remember emailing Robert and telling uh-huh. him 60K that night. Yeah. Friday night we did 60K? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, the, and, and then they were like, holy shit. Like, yeah. really? They didn't even expect that? They didn't that? even expect yeah. that. Uh, which I was like, oh, well, thanks for telling us. Like, I had no idea what to shoot for. Like, I'm thinking, like, in my mind, two mil. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, dude, we're rocking two mil, to, but which is completely unfounded and stupid. Never fulfill <laughs> Not that. based in reality. Yeah. But that's why you got the job done, man. Like, well, that it's, is literally why y'all made it happen. We, like, you, there's no way, uh, you can't, there's no way to fork, like, it's completely sh- uh, shot in the dark. Mm. Um, but the numbers in my mind are like, 
by the time we aired, we had been in business for all like 18, 20 months. We had done approximately 2,000 orders that time frame. Shark Tank aired. We did 4,000 orders in five days. So we 2X'd our entire order amount within five days in 20 months, mm. which was nuts. Not only did we 2X, like, and that's the other thing is we 2X'd it, but we made it, we had it, we either had it made or made it and fulfilled it out the door in five days. To which we have to thank all of the, oh, yeah, like the coaches, all of our friends. Like we had the whole, well, I guess, storefront, mm. Doc Spartan production room wasn't even that at the time. So you were um, just hoping for like a hundred orders, Renee? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's <laughs> like I want to take it back. Come out to dinner with this money. <laughs> That's really yeah. awesome. My my only insight into this was seeing you guys like knock out the drywall in the back room. Oh, I'm like, yeah. that's a good. That seems like a good sign. Yeah. yeah, that's it. But at this point, it sounds like it was all risk and prep. Like so, when you saw that, I was that before Shark Tank, was it? That was that was way before that was Shark before Tank. Shark? Yeah, because no right. one, everyone's like asking right. if you got so, to yeah. it. Renee's kitchen was it was manufacturing headquarters number one. <laughs> Then the closet was, that's what they actually filmed on Shark Tank was the closet. Wow. Was many, because where we're at now is the kids room. Mm. So manufacturing area number two was the closet to where, which now is a storage room. <laughs> and then to where we're at now, knocked down that wall, expanded everything out. Um, three or four tables gone and two full-time employees and three Just to four part-time employees. Starting wow. to get tight in yeah, there too. starting to get tight. Yeah. That's a great feeling. It has to be a great feeling. Yeah, it is. And like, I don't mean to say that like uh, cocky. I, and I, I say it's a great feeling because like it's $200. Yeah. $200 from Walmart. It, like that's not an exaggeration. That's not a lie. Mm. Yeah, in the beginning, I'd go to Walmart and get coconut oil, and we ordered one box of containers. We started this company with two hundred dollars of capital. Yeah. Um. But, but like you said, to transition to this point, you you had a good friend, and the gym's been like such an incredible incubator for friends relationships. And then inevitably like the business partnerships that you guys have made and the other things that have went on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's just so much creative energy. C can you guys speak to why you think all of this has taken off or like what creates that in that environment? Well, I think you've, everyone feeds off of positivity and, um, when you're around people who are motivated to do more, it makes you want to do more. And so I think we've all kind of fed off of each other's energy. And mm. I think, so one of the things, and, and this is, I think it's a lie, but it's a good story to begin with. Uh, so, <laughs> to, and you can That's fact, such a Dale sentence, right? by the way. <laughs> yeah. you, can fact, you can fact check this on Google, but like, uh, so... Thomas Edison's mother, when he was in elementary school, like, told him to go to school. And basically the school was like, your kid's too dumb to be here. Mm. Like, he's got to, like, 
be homeschooled. We can't handle him. So his mom told him, like, son, you're too smart to be in that school. So Mm -hmm. I have to, like, have you here for a special school to let you know, like, to teach you and get you along your path because you're just too smart to be at that school. So that may or may not be true, but it's a good lesson to begin with. So, like, the gym is is a place, an environment that lets you create your own capability without being told what you can't do. Mm. Physically, to begin with, obviously it's a gym. Um, But if you have somebody that believes in you because they've been in your shoes and they can inject you with that belief to do more than what you think you're capable of, whether you thought you could never do a pull-up, well, I can do it like I did my first pull-up today. Well, how does that translate outside into, well, maybe I feel like I can offer so much more, like more than just what I'm doing right now. Mm. Uh, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a magical mixture of belief, capability, and creativity mm. thrown in there somehow. And Dale, I mean, you, you started like bootstrapped the gym, but Renee, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but your relationship started because you attended the gym. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So did you, what kind of belief did you have in yourself? And then like, what did this experience show you? I mean, clearly something because you stuck around, right? Yeah. I mean, I had absolutely no belief in myself whatsoever before I started coming to the gym and started being around Dale and around all of the girls that are, that I'm around on a daily basis now. Um, and then the way the business started and then what has happened from start to finish now, I, I feel so empowered to do anything that I want to do. Like just going through the experience, going through the failures and the hard times. The tuition um, cost. Having the, the tuition, yes, the tuition cost. cost, yeah. Having the business made me realize like, yeah, sometimes we failed, but like in the end, it's going to work itself out. And I feel like I could do anything that I wanted to do at this point mm. if I and like, put my mind to it. This conversation has been very positive and uplifting, but like this ride ain't been. Yeah. yeah. It's been dark. It's been like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, well, and having a business on your own, I think is hard <laughs> enough, but having it with someone else is also very hard and we're very different people of course yeah (laughs) it reflects in your product like it literally reflects in the product yeah and so we've had and we really didn't know each other that well (laughs) when we started the business and that's been hard too like learning how to work together for the greater good (laughs) Mm. And, and and uh it's been that way and like i don't people I got to be that way because people believed in me Yeah. when I was young and when I was in the army. And when I had no business doing what I was doing, I had like a handful of guys that were like, I was out kicking my coverage significantly and I just happened to like get on the back of a truck and get on a unit somewhere. You know what I mean? And they're like, dude, like, you're somewhat intelligent dude like you belong here yeah 
and what for and for them to vouch that for me at age 21 22 like that was a significant self-esteem boost to me mm. and i've never forgot how that felt yeah but it you can't fake that no you can't like give gratifying stuff that's not deserved but when you take time out of your day, whether it's somebody that works with you or it's your spouse or it's a friend, and you just like, dude, I wanna let you know, like, you're pretty good at what you do. Because how many times do you hear that? Yeah. In today's society, unfortunately, like you never hear that. No. Um, and especially when it's warranted, like, when you boost somebody's self-confidence and self-esteem, like, that's a pretty powerful thing to do. Yeah. And my brother and I, like, we, we like, grew up going to, like, we were very familiar with the punk rock scene and, like, Henry Rollins. And no, when we walked, dude, when we walked we in your gym. Yeah. <laughs> and when we walked in the gym and there's Henry Rollins on the wall, we were like, this is it. We're here forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is where we're supposed to do fitness. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, one of my favorite quotes from him, something just happens when you go through that amount of physical strain with mm -hmm. other people. You know, yeah. like the the barbell, like the Henry Rollins thing is the barbell doesn't lie. 200 yeah. pounds is 200, 200 pounds. pounds. 200 pounds. It yeah. makes so tangible. Like you, you learn what is tangible, all that anxiety and everything else. Like I'll, I'll wake up in the morning with, with uh, you know, really worried about the day or just like feeling like I, I'm not equipped for what I'm about to tackle. Go to the gym. All of it's gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's because you you just experienced something so tangible and also painful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that just kind of like we it burns off all that worry that you realize was really unnecessary. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, it's where else do you test your capability? Mm. And like, I mean, we can go down a whole other rabbit hole here, but like, COVID hit. Mm. People were scared, and they were rightfully so. Because they didn't know if they could survive. Mm. And like, it's, I mean, I, you have to inject a little bit of safe chaos into your life yeah, to know that you can survive it. Mm -hmm. Because when something really bad happens, COVID, for example, you know, 30 million people are on unemployment. I mean, we talk like early April COVID, that was scary. Yeah. Like that was some scary mm -hmm. stuff because no one had ever seen anything no like it. No one had ever seen anything like it. I, I'm like on the phone with my granddad because of that that's the those are the kind of people that I confide in is like he's been around uh seventy eight years, so I, I know he's seen some shit. Yeah. You know? And when he was like, I've never seen anything like this before <laughs> I was like, Well, okay, so yeah. Back yeah. to square one here. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have no when you have no other reference point no other person to believe in you're left with yourself yeah and if you don't have a firm grasp upon what you can do and what you're capable of that can be scary yeah and you know not to like toot Renee's horn but like the COVID months were some of the most successful months of our company mm. because like we ratchet like we weren't Chaos, like, either makes you or breaks you. Mm. Like, boiling water can either, like, melt, soften a potato or harden an egg. It's not the water that's 
it's the what you're made of internally that determines your circumstance. Yeah. Um, so how'd you guys pivot in that situation? Like you're talking about, I, I, because I know everyone did. I mean, even what we were doing at Glockner, it's like we had to reinvent the wheel in a lot of ways. Um, Renee, how'd you guys pivot? Well, we started getting messages from first responders, nurses, about um, they were getting lots of rashes on their faces. Um, how do you say that? From the, from the PPE? Yeah, the PPE. Yeah. So, like, when you're at, like, imagine a poor nurse who's got a, like, New York City nurse, April to May. Mm. Rocking 16-hour shifts, seven days a week, mm-hmm. PPP'd out. So, mask, gloves, like, that stuff raw, like, rubs your skin raw. Yeah. And we were, like, sitting on the edge, like, uh, even before that, we lost a significant amount of money. Like, our biggest retail event of the year is the Arnold Classic. Yeah. We paid. We paid our vendor fee. We paid our hotel cost. Like, we're talking, like, ten grand into cost just to be there. And then they're like, nah, bro, it's out. It really was like that too. <laughs> yeah. It was like Friday. Yeah, it was like, I was like, no. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, hey homie, that that that's out. Well, you you know, if you're gonna pay ten grand to make there, like that's our biggest event of the year. So, you know, we're hoping to make twenty, and it's just like so now we're negative ten when we should, like like oh like uh. So we're just like twiddling our thumbs, like we can't offer anything to anyone. Right? Like, what do we do? Well, then our, the, you know, our supporters were like, man, like I'm getting like rubbed raw on my skin. And then we're just like 50% off first aid mm. our, our, to first responders. Like just email us, tell us like your background, here's your code. Wow. And, well, and then they started sharing and it went nuts. Yeah. And fortunately for us being a online business, Right, ninety-eight percent online. Um, our sales went up. People were at, at, stuck at the house with nothing to do, shopping online, and which I personally was the opposite. I was scared to death to spend any money, so I was not shopping online. But luckily, other people were. So, um, so we really started to push uh, the ointment to try to help out first responders, and and then Dale. Then we came out with the. Uh, um, hand sanitizer. Oh yeah, I for- yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, Which was because of Mike. Um, it? it was so you couldn't find alcohol. Like you could not. <laughs> hand sanitizer was like Amazon was just going through the roof on hand yeah. sanitizer. Um, well, I went to my bro network, and a buddy of mine worked. At a distillery. It's true. He really has like a bro. Like he knows a bro so many people. I'm like, how do you even know this person? I was like, like Renee, yeah. I know a guy who knows a guy. Well, no, what he always says is, I have a buddy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is he your buddy? That's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, continue. I remember you messaging. Uh, you said you like knew Echo from Jocko. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you messaged him and then like five My minutes later, Echo. you read yeah. it and you're like, yo. Like, he's just swallowing back. <laughs> It's crazy stuff. So my buddy was like, uh, dude, like we've been making whisk lead slingers whiskey. Like we've been making it and then like we just figure out a way to turn our lines straight alcohol. Wow. 
he yeah, he contacted us. Okay. That's what it was. He was like, dude, do you have bottles, spray bottles? Like, so we go up to the attic and we're like digging through spray bottles. And I'm like, we've got 317 spray bottles, bro. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going to need about like 30,000. I'm like, whoa, for real? Yeah. And so I, I give him my contact at our at our supplier i'm like dude go for it like it's gonna be way way cheaper than you just go for it so he like buys them out because they they get ordered like government orders for hand sanitizer and then so we're just kind of sitting there and i'm like bro like could we get straight alcohol from you and we'll like put our own little scent and our own little like aloe label it yeah, yeah. we'll put our own little aloe vera in it and like we're just gonna give it to uh, police and fire here in Portsmouth. He's like, dude, yeah, like for sure. Like you hook me up, I'll hook you up. So he, we get sent this big, like several cases of hand sanitizer. And, like it's he straight. He sent for free. The yeah, first he sent time, for free because right? yeah. like wow. we're bros. Like I hooked him up with the contact. Probably yeah. saved him a significant amount of money. Sure. So he hooks up with the case. So we give all the, you know, police and firefighters some hand sanitizer. And then, you know, not to toot your horn, but like Glockner was like, we're coming back. <laughs> like we're calling our guys back in two weeks and we want every employee to have hand sanitizer. Yeah. Can you do it? And we're like, uh, yes, we can do it. <laughs> so like we're hand mixing our own hand sanitizer. So Glockner was our biggest uh, customer, and then we got three or four other ones from that. So it was just like, like not wait, like don't wait for the opportunity to come for you. Like go find the opportunity to make it. Like, because mm-hmm. um, like business now, like who knows? Like business has changed. Yeah, and it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Like what you used to do ain't going to be the same. So you got to find out. Uh, where it's at now yeah and you you can take this kind of like uh victim mindset of like amazon stealing all the market share because they're online like where uh you know panic instead of play the hands you're dealt and what you guys did was prove that you can compete right alongside the big guys they're not even like there's room for you too basically you know what i mean for sure for sure all things being equal like people want to support their friends yes and if you can show that you're a friend, mm. whether, you know, in reality or virtually or like, you know, you do a great job of this. It's like, if I go to buy a car, like that purchase is what, every three to four years max? Yeah. Okay. So if you're pushing content 365 days a year, you're basically playing for that once every three to four years. Of course. You know what I mean? And that's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. But, like, if you just show people that you're their friend, when it, when they need something, whether it's, like, a, they need spray bottles or whether I need straight alcohol, mm. if I'm your bro and you're my bro or sis or whatever, I'm going to you first. Yeah. No doubt, man. And, like, that's what why social media has been such a huge player in the market like you have huge companies like i was listening to a podcast the other day um the 
the podcast is called Perpetual Traffic. And so it's digitalmarketer.com is the name of the company. They run at Austin, Texas, which is like a big tech hub, right, obviously. Yeah. But they're talking about how like social media is is the go-to uh, platform that small businesses like not Google AdWords, not not like the big uh, the big advertising investments, TV spots, radio yeah. spots. If you want to build brand equity and have people trust the things you're saying, mm-hmm. then you have to show them why you should why they should trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. advertising gets you in front of people. That Shark Tank spot got you in front of people. It's it's kind of a combination of both because they're telling your story and those things yeah. like that. But um, you know, advertising, quote unquote, gets people in front of you. Brand uh, brand gives people a reason to believe what you're saying. Yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, and so it just becomes like. Um, perpetuating your uh, like who you are as a person and why they should trust you and that's why that's why you guys create so much content on social and why people buy into Doc yeah. Spartan you know mm-hmm. um, what's even crazier is like I mean when I had uh, Andy Glockner on the podcast like the dude's a business tycoon like he's got huge investments he's, yeah. he's like a, an amazing reputation in the community but when you ask him like what's the key to all this it's literally like surround yourself with good people it, mm-hmm. it is i had a good friend it's yeah. not like this here's my 500 step plan to yeah. like make shit happen you know yeah uh, it's really the relationships that he's had, and so that that is uh, what you've got. You guys have accomplished, and what I, I want other small businesses to to realize. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I mean, you just have to. You got to find what you want to do, mm. and you got to find like what like what makes you happy. And that was the other thing about COVID is like people were so afraid. Well, they're afraid of dying. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that's a, obviously it's a genuine fear, but if you, if you break that fear of dying down, it's because you haven't lived a fulfilled life. Mm. You know what I mean, so if you're so afraid of dying, it's probably because you're not doing something in your everyday life that makes you feel you're walking down the path of fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and if you can find that sweet spot of like, I was literally today, I was driving to work and I saw a, a couple that I've known forever and they're retired, they're in their 60s and they were just like walking their dog and they just look so happy. Um, and, you know, as, when you're retired, you probably make anywhere from 50 to 80% of your income at your highest earning, which, yeah, yeah. Good luck now trying to find retirement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at 50 to 80% of their highest income, and they're walking their dog and being happy now, like, why can't you do that now? Yeah. Like, you don't, if if you, if your highest income is $120,000 a year, which would be awesome, like, I'd rather take 60 and be two times happier with my normal life. Yeah. Than the opposite, and I think that's a big thing. Is like trying to find that sweet spot of like purpose, happiness, and like being fulfilled. Mm. Well, and in business and in life, I think if you go through it, doing the best you can and doing what's right, no matter what, not screwing 
people over along the way, you're oh. going to be happy. Um, yeah. Making good relationships, as we are saying. And well, if you're doing so, that here, mm-hmm. like in our little small city, 23,000 people, like you're not going to make it very far. Like, no, you don't know. absolutely no. not. Yeah. <laughs> no. You yeah. can say a lot of negative things about me, but like you'll never say I screwed you over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that will perpetuate online through your social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Or like we will never blame a customer for something they got. Yeah. Like, oh, well, show us 17 photos and and pay for return shipping and we'll get you a new product. It's just like, all right, bro. We'll send them a product. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. We're going to send you something new. Mm. And like, that's cool. Like, that's how you should you should operate. Like, when you make each individual customer feel special, and, you know, I hope we never get to the point to where, you know, I, I try to tra- check every orders that come in every day just to see the name. Um, but like, those dudes are supporting a dream. Yeah. And they should like be given the opportunity to have the best customer service available. Mm. Cause they're not only supporting my ability for happiness, like they're supporting employees who never had a chance at happiness. Mm. And so the least you can do is, is do the right by your customer. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that's also an important thing uh, for customers to understand is like the, the digital dynamic now is like the, the Internet's made everyone so much more honest because you're literally getting traffic off the reviews that you're generating. Oh, yeah. You know Social I mean? proof. Yeah. 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 It's keeping people in check with Google reviews and Facebook reviews. And uh, like Google's doing a lot of good in the business space in that way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so. What's cool is businesses, especially small businesses, are able to lean into that and compete with the good big guys or show the validity of their product just by generating good experiences. Right. You know? Yeah. There's no special hack. It's like you you have to have people saying good things about you, period. Yeah. And they have to do the same thing online. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people have asked us for, like, has your product gone through clinical trials and, in a way, want proof that it works? Well, and we just say, well, go see our reviews go see mm. all the before and afters of pictures that people have posted that show how well it works mm. and if like if you're not satisfied we'll give you a full refund yeah mm-hmm. it's just worth it's just worth the brand equity and the social equity to, to operate yeah. that way yeah and we've had you know five years of experience to know like I can doubt a lot of things our product's not one of them mm. mm-hmm. like if it doesn't work for you bro like you're one of the two percent it doesn't yeah and i'll gladly refund your money like no issues same same thing with the car business the best thing that's happened to the car business is the internet period Mm -hmm. because it keeps everybody honest and listen like you like it is not worth my relationship with you just to get an extra 200 bucks out of you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um so i mean super thankful and able to lean into that and that's how small businesses like like the ones that you guys operate and where I'm at with Lockner, that that's how we compete. That's how we make a mm-hmm. difference, you know? For sure, man. Um, what's Doc Spartan excited about moving forward? You guys have shared a lot and been super transparent. I think people are like going to get a ton of value out of this. Uh, but what are you guys excited about moving forward? What's been the most fulfilling part of the, the journey so far? Well, the most f- fulfilling the most fulfilling part. 
Basketball. The most fulfilling part for us has, I know Dale will say the same, has been be able being able to provide jobs for people in the community. Mm. And now that we're able to, which we never saw this coming, never knew what it would be, that we would feel the way we feel now, but working with the counseling center and being able to hire people coming out, um, out of, or who, people who are in recovery, mm. um, coming out of uh, transitional living, um, we're able to provide jobs and try to help people along the way. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, having like guy, people like Andrew, Nicole, Ricky, Alex, Allison, Sarah, like everyone who's who's running through there, like like a highlight of my day. Mm. And you know, to see like the most interesting thing they're involved in is like, what's the workout today? Yeah. Like that, th- like that, truly means a lot. Like I've never seen a more hardworking individual than those guys on our squad right now. Mm. They all have such a like zest for everything in life and are so thankful and appreciative for everything, every small little thing. It, it, you, you won't, you can't, that's what I'm saying. Like if I die tomorrow, cool with it. Mm. I've lived a fulfilled life and I'm fine with it because of that. Because I don't have to sit and wish I would have done this, I would have done yeah. that. Um, so those, having those people being a, having the honor of being a part of their lives and watching them you know, go from wearing a trash bag full of clothes in a homeless shelter to getting their car and getting their apartment, um, dude, nothing beats that. Mm. Um, but then it puts the added tax and responsibility to like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's blow this up to the point to where we can have 5, 10, 15. And, and that's never been the issue. It's like before you can help 20, you got to help one. And it never started that way. It was never some like social engineered project that we knew the no. answer to the test. It was just like, let's help this one guy out. And he can help us. Like, it's a mutually beneficial uh, relationship. Like, well, if it worked for him, I think we can do it for two. Yeah. Two becomes four. Um, and so that's the most fulfilling part. So that's what drives us to, like, let's go get in a store. Let's go take, let's go scale our online revenue 2x. 2x means two more people. Um, so that's where we're at. Like I didn't create a business to create headaches. Mm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a factory. I don't want a warehouse. I don't want HR. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything that's that the fun level is a negative relationship to the impact level. Yeah. I'll put up with a certain amount of BS if I know it's going to do amount of good. Sure. Um, but like that's why we've never had a co-packer. That's why we've never had a third-party actor. Like it's been Portsmouth made, Portsmouth owned from the rip. Um, so our initial where we're at now is like we've got really good. We've got a great digital team around us 
who helps us and the great and the digital team helps us because they know the mission yeah and that's the only reason they worked with us mm-hmm. at a pretty significantly uh cheapened rate yeah um because of that relationship because they knew who we were and they wanted to have a sense of fulfillment in their life mm. um so we're just we're chasing the ability to have to do as much good and have as much fun at the same time yeah and i think that's important like i feel like a lot of people make the jump of i i want to help people and so i'm just gonna go like pick somebody off the street and i'm just gonna give them everything you know but Ed Hughes yeah. said it best in his scenario. Like basically, his sentiment was, if you want to help people, employ them. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. uh, and that, that's what he's been doing in the counseling center. That's yep. what you guys have been doing. You know, from the pain clinics that were here, you guys started your own pain clinic, mm-hmm. and then out of that came Doc Spartan, and now you're employing people. And that line is so crazy to see because, uh, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for you, but I imagine you never saw that coming. No, never. <laughs> yeah. And, and there, to close this out, there's a couple statements and cliches I live by one is uh, to do good for others you got to do well for yourself yeah um, and the other is what I learned recently from the great oracle Jim Donnelly <laughs> without margin there can't be mission mm. mm-hmm. so like you don't need to do everything in the not like commerce and business has a an incredibly unique position to do well for others yeah if you can if you can tweak it enough for that because like people have to earn people got to go to bed at night knowing they earned something that day and they weren't giving it to them Mm. and business has a unique position to do that renee dale thank you guys so much for joining us thank you thank you for the beer yeah (laughs) cheers (laughs) cheers